Hey friend, welcome back to Bible Tract Echoes. Thank you for concluding this week of broadcasting with me. I greatly appreciate it. I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter number 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. And we're going to find ourselves in a passage of scripture that we've been diving into all this week. And something that I want to share with you about how to handle discouragement. We all find ourselves there. Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you will be going into a time of discouragement. I remember a preacher some years ago. He said this and he said, I realize he prefaced it. He qualified it by saying what I'm about to say is not encouraging to hear, but it's true. And then he went on to say, you're either coming out of a storm, you're in a storm or you're going into a storm. And I'm thinking, my goodness, that doesn't sound encouraging at all. Well, he had warned me, but there's truth to it, isn't there? Sometimes we have long stretches of peaceful goings on. Seems like the world is our oyster. Seems like nothing can go wrong. It's blue skies, sunny days, bed of roses. There's not a cloud in the sky. We're all good. But then it seems like there are stretches where we can't pick our head up off the mat. We keep getting pummeled. I remember an old preacher, another preacher from years past, preached a message, knocked down, but not knocked out. I hope you're there today. I don't hope you're knocked down, but I certainly hope you're not knocked out. We're looking at 1 Samuel chapter 30. David finds himself in a difficult position. The people he leads, they, all of them, and David's family had all been kidnapped by the Amalekites. We find that in 1 Samuel chapter 31, 2 and 3, verse 4. They were lifting up their voices and weeping. The Bible says they had no more power to weep. That's how desperately it bothered them. They were beside themselves. The people were so up in arms that they cast about what to do. They thought maybe we should kill our leader, David. David was greatly distressed himself. Until we find in verse number six, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. But it's how he did this that I want to focus on. We talked the other day about how he inquired of the Lord. Verses seven and eight, he inquired of the Lord. But then he also, in verse number nine, after talking to God and finding out what he was supposed to do, so David went. In verse number nine, so David went, he and the 600 men that were with him, they put God's plan into action. God told them precisely what they needed to do, and so they did it. This is the sticking point so often. Sometimes we get discouraged or we don't know what to do. We're distressed. We're beside ourselves. And so we do. We do what I spoke about yesterday. We inquire of the Lord. We talk to him. We pray. We read our Bible. And then we run into a problem because God tells us something. He points out a plan of action. He leads us in a specific direction. And then we're faced with a choice. Do we go forward doing what he wants us to do? Or do we stay right where we are? So David went. A game plan doesn't do a whole lot without players to implement it. I recall playing some team sports, even, even solo type sports, whether it be golf or things like that. I remember back in the day when I was a young person played football and enjoyed that type of stuff. And I remember the coach would have a game plan. 
But the times that we most underperform, the times that we were the worst, is when we didn't put the game plan into action. You gotta put the game plan into action if you want to see success, want to see results. You gotta follow the coach. Well, God is a perfect coach. He's never once made a mistake. You could quibble with your human coach about whether or not the game plan was pristine, was precise, was perfect, was the right for us. But you can never have a problem with God's book. It's perfect. Just like at your church, your pastor can point a direction, but that doesn't mean everyone's going to follow it. Doesn't mean we're all going the same direction. We have commands from God. And it's not because your pastor, your pastor is immortal. Your pastor, a man of God, is a man at best. I realize that. But before you pin all the blame for your troubles and your ills on your pastor, consider the fact that maybe you haven't even followed God's commands, much less man's directions. The children of Israel did this all the time. Numbers chapter 14, verse 20. Because all those men which have seen my glory, this is God speaking to his people. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. The children of Israel had their command, but they chose to ignore it. Even when it's hard, you must do what's right. We must not just put the plan into action, not just encourage ourselves in the Lord, though we should do that. Then we need to inquire of the Lord. Then we need to put God's plan into action. But then we should be careful to take care of others in distress along the way. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse number 11, they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread and he did eat and they made him drink water and they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him for he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. They were kind to this man. They didn't know that he had information that would be helpful to them. He ended up being able to tell them exactly where their enemies were, where they had taken their wives and their sons and daughters. But they were kind to this man. You know, I've said so many times this broadcast, but it bears repeating, hurt people, hurt people, but hurt people can sometimes do the best job of helping people. This Egyptian young man, was treated ill by his masters and ended up becoming his master's undoing. David said unto him in the Bible, To whom belongest thou, and whence art thou? When he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite, and my master left me, because three days agone I fell sick. We made an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites, and upon the coast which belongeth to Judah, and upon the south of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said, Canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by God, that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. This young man ends up becoming the undoing of the entire company of Amalekites because his master was a jerk to him. Instead of helping him when he was sick, he left him behind. Instead of saying, Nobody understands what I'm going through. Why don't you consider this? Instead of constantly saying, nobody can understand, nobody can have sympathy or empathy because I'm going through something no one else has ever gone through. Honestly, it may be true because you're dealing with something in your own way. You're your own person. 
Even if it's the loss of a father or mother, lots of people have lost fathers and mother mothers, but to say that I know what you're going through, if I have lost to this point, I have not. I, I've been very blessed. Both my parents are alive. But maybe there is something that's similar, but even so, it's different. It always is. But maybe, instead of saying nobody understands what I'm going through, why don't you go find someone that is going through something similar and help them with their issues? Maybe you've lost a child. Maybe you've dealt with crippling cancer or some physical malady. Maybe you have a wayward child. Why don't you help someone that has those same problems? You know, it's been said, Christians are the only ones that shoot their own wounded. Not only do we not sometimes help those who are injured, we, we quote, put them down in the worst way. But not only that, sometimes in our hurt, in our angst, our irritation, sometimes Christians shoot their own healthy and we hurt and mangle even more. But it's interesting how Jesus, how he was led as a lamb to the slaughter, yet uttered not a word, opened not his mouth, and for the sins of you and me, he went to a cross and bore not just great shame to be displayed, battered, bruised, and naked for everyone to see. But he did it for you and he did it for me to cleanse the wounds that sin has thrust upon us. Oh, those old bracelets, what would Jesus do? We do such a poor job of, of even getting close to what Jesus would do, don't we? I'd encourage your friend, consider, consider that question. How would he handle the difficulty you're going through? Would he handle it differently than you are now? Not only that, not only did David inquire of the Lord, not only did he put God's plan into action, not only did he take care of others in distress along the way, but in his victory, he still didn't forget others. There were those that were left behind. They got too faint. They were too tired to continue on. And what did the other men of Belial, <laughs> the men that uh, could only think about themselves, what did they tell David when they got back and they of course they won they got all their people back those men said just just give them back their wives and children we'll keep everything else we'll keep what the Amalekites had too those men that they, they didn't come all the way with us David said no 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 far be it from us to do such a thing give them their fair share were they with us all the way maybe not but sometimes we get to the top side and all we can think of is all those that hurt us and abandon us along the way. And we never thought about what they're going through. I'd ask your friend, is there someone you could help encourage? Or maybe, just maybe, let's pause. Maybe you need to encourage yourself first. Maybe you need to inquire of the Lord. Maybe you need to put God's plan into action. Maybe you need to follow this recipe that's given to us straight from Scripture for how you and I 
can encourage ourselves in the Lord. If you have a question, a comment, even a critique or a concern about this broadcast, I'd love to hear from you. I'm going to give you a cell number that you can text. I want you to text me directly, okay? Anything at all. Maybe even a word of encouragement. For me, I'd appreciate that. Text me at 309-316-7240. Again, that's 309-316-7240. I want to thank you so much for taking of your time and joining me right here on the broadcast. My prayer as always is simply this. Have a great day for his glory. We'll plan on talking to you next week because you will be here next week, right? Listening in to Bible Track Echoes. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.